Hello and welcome to another episode of Unqualifying Sessions with me, Amy. And today we have a lot to talk about. We have too many race reviews, some news, some topics. Oh my God, we got Cota, Mexico, Coscap, Haas versus Alpine, Driver News. Is there anything else? It has been quite a lot has happened. Basically, we have two weeks worth of stuff to get through. So it may jump around a little bit today just because we have so much to go through. But I'll try and do it in like the most cohesive ways possible. Um, so it's not too jumpy. I have written my notes down. So if you hear any like flicking, that's just me going through my notes. Um, it is also extremely windy here in England this evening whilst recording this. So you may hear the wind wailing in the background. I don't know if that's a sign for anything, but um, that's what's happening. So let's get cosy. Let's uh, get a cup of tea and do this wonderful little chat okay so i'm going to start with kota mini roundup i think that's a good place to start so the mini roundup for everyone today so the race had two safety cars pretty much back to back uh literally once the first one pretty much finished i think we had like a little bit of time and then boom um we needed a, another safety car, which was pretty crazy. Um, but let's start the start of the Cota. Um, there was a couple penalties um, for Charles Leclerc and Fernando Alonso, meaning they started outside the top 10. They got a 10 place grid drop. Um, Signs was on pole for the race um, after qualifying, but this unfortunately didn't last long. He came together with George Russell, uh, with the latter receiving a five-second penalty, which he served during his first pit stop. Unfortunately, it meant Signs was out of the race. Um, so pretty, you know, not great luck for Carlos Signs in the past few races. He was out in essentially the first lap of the last two races, so not not too good for him. Now, according to Sky Commentary, uh, this is the first safety car we've had since 2015 at Cota. Don't know how true that is, but that's what they said. So, you know, uh, the first was caused by Valtteri Bottas. Um, he went off and into the gravel trap and the second was a collision with Alonso and Stroll with Alonso being airborne at one point it was a pretty uh scary uh like collision actually this ended up with Stroll having a three place grid penalty for Mexico and two penalty points um Stroll did DNF Alonso managed to keep on going. We'll talk a little about that, I think, next. Um, 
But in the end, we had Verstappen, Hamilton and Leclerc on the podium as our top three. And we did see some great racing at the front. And Seb was doing amazing. It was like flashbacks. It was like, you know, Hamilton and Seb at the front. It was like, oh my God, is this 2015? crazy um and Seb did amazingly well he got driver of the day which is great um as I've already partially mentioned let's go on to Haas v Alpine shall we um now following on from Alonso's collision with Stroll uh, he didn't manage to continue the race, like I mentioned, and finished seventh. However, Haas actually put a protest uh, in regarding um, what happened. They basically cited Alonso driving a dangerous car, essentially, is, is what they protested. And this led to Alonso getting a 30-second penalty in the end. Um, so he kind of lost his seventh place position. Um, I think a lot of this kind of stemmed from... You know, as we've seen a couple times this year, actually, um, after particularly in Haas's case, like start of the race kind of collisions, um, Kevin Magnussen getting the black and orange flags, which means that he has to come into the pits. So they kind of protested against that. Now, Alpine essentially protested against Haas, which was initially kicked out. And then they kind of decided like Alpine basically went again and they had like another hearing essentially um and they ruled in Alpine's favour meaning the 30 second time penalty got taken back off of Alonso meaning he did finish seventh and they reinstated obviously his position now what was interesting for me anyway is that Alpine didn't actually protest what Haas said was incorrect. They actually protested against um, that Haas essentially submitted their kind of protest after the allotted time. And because of that, it's basically null and void. Um, And yeah, it ended up being in Alpine's favour. So they reinstated Alonso's seventh place. And this obviously kind of does mean that a lot of people are saying, oh, this is a bit weird. Like, what could potentially happen um, going forward or even, like, what should have happened in other times when this similar cases have taken place or we realise that a rule's been put in incorrectly or anything like that. So, yeah, there's a whole a whole debacle going on about that, but it was, it was kind of interesting. Um... I think after that, shall we, shall we, uh, 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 skip over to Mexico Grand Prix, because to be fair, not a lot happened, it was a little bit boring, there were, there were like glimmers of like, oh, there, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't my fave race, it wasn't my fave race, um, so I'm just gonna shout out the main points, because to be honest, not, not tons happen. Anyway, see so Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez all on the podium. Essentially, we had last year's podium this year. Fab. Um, I am going to shout out to Lewis and Sergio's dads, though, because they just seem to be best buddies. 
that's great to see also Sergio's dad just lives his best life he's just out there like yes so I do I love that I actually do it really it warms me heart as they say so there were sorry if you heard the door slam the DNFs for Sonoda and Alonso uh Sonoda came into contact with Daniel Ricardo, which caused him to DNF and Ricardo got a 10 second penalty we also saw a penalty given to Pierre Gasly. I'll come back to that in just a second, though. Um, Ricardo did a great recovery drive. So we, I think we do have to shout that out after the year he's had. It's not been great. But he did a really, really great recovery drive and managed to get into P7. I think at the time he was um, fighting Snowden, there was like 11th and 12th was into seventh place ahead of the alpines and he actually made the gap um but with to Ocon behind him was 12 seconds so he managed to keep his seventh place he also did get voted driver of the day it, it was he did do an extraordinary really great recovery drive um it's just a shame that he's not had um as many performances like that this year um, which is a shame. And like I said, he did get made to drive for the day, which was good to see. Um, now, as I mentioned, Gasly did get a five second time penalty as well. And uh, this was due to him essentially going off the track and getting on an advantage on Lance Stroll. He also got another penalty point. Now, I believe that Gasly is actually only one or two penalty points away from having a race ban um because of the amount of points that he has um and his penalty points won't actually expire until may 2023 so he has to be super careful that he doesn't get any more penalty points in the last two races and probably the first like four races of next year i think it's roughly i think i could be wrong i do the hobby card for this but i think it's roughly uh emilia romagna that the points will kind of expire so yeah probably the first four four or five races so it's probably got about seven seven races to get through with no penalty points so pierre babes be careful be careful don't want to see getting a race ban Particularly with Alpine, could you imagine? I'd be like, excuse me. Or maybe you should just get like a penalty, get all use penalty points this year and then it's like clean slate next year. When he already had his race ban. I don't know. Let me know your suggestions on that. I'm sorry if you just hear my stomach crumbling in the background. I'm obviously very hungry. <laughs> um, moving on to some news 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 i should probably get the uh news music <coughs> welcome to unqualifying news tonight's headlines football and aston martin penalized for the cost cap drivers move about when selling season has never finished more on that shortly okay i need to stop doing the news voice but anyway the 28th of october 
that was the date, it was announced that Red Bull will have a $7 million fine and a reduction of wind tunnel time by 10%. Aston Martin also got a $450,000 fine. Now, a lot of people think that this is not enough. Um, For me, I think the issue is more with the financial fines. Because I can get why they do have financial fines. But I think the problem is, is what you're going to have is teams that can afford it will just expect to pay the fine right i'll just be like well we could afford a seven million dollar fine so we'll just take the seven million dollar fine i think obviously the wind tunnel time is going to impact um but then at the same time it's not going to impact you until the following year so this is not going to impact 2023 this is going to impact red bull for 2024 really because the 2023 cars were designed so you could just look at it as a case of well do you know what we'll take the hit and get the amount or if you don't overspend as much as red bull for example the fine will probably be less the wind tunnel time might be also less you might only have say like a five percent reduction of wind tunnel time it could be like well it's worth paying it it's worth overspending yet the teams that don't have the money won't be able to ever overspend um so i do think that i don't know financial fines are necessarily always the best way because i just always think that the teams that can afford it will afford it so it's not really putting that many people off but that's just my opinion um on that Okay, so there is a bit of driver news that has uh, come out recently. One of this is being Williams. So they've announced that as long as he gets the necessary super license points, Logan Sargent will be in the Williams team for 2023. So I believe he has to finish fifth or above to get the final super license points that he needs in f2 so we'll find out um in abu dhabi whether he will won't be driving for williams in 2023 but i i think unless he kind of majorly does something bad it's likely he will um probably be in that seat now, um, today, the 1st of November, uh, it was announced that Stoffel van Dorn will be reserve slash test driver for Aston Martin alongside Drogovic, um, which is interesting because obviously he currently is like linked to Mercedes. Um, so a lot of people are kind of pointing in the direction of, oh, is Nico Hulkenberg perhaps going to Haas next year to replace Nick Schumacher? Because obviously... At the moment, um, Sofa Van Dorn is linked to Mercedes. So if you're going to Aston Martin and Drogovic is also at Aston Martin, where's Nico Hulkenberg going? 
kind of pointing towards perhaps Haas as he's already been linked to the team. Um, now, this is a bit more like speculation, uh, like we've just said, a little bit more of the speculative stuff. Um, it is rumoured that Daniel Ricciardo could be a reserve driver slash test driver for Mercedes next year. And with, you know, Van Dorn today, the that announcement, and also Nick DeVries um, going to AlphaTauri, Mercedes have essentially lost both of their test slash reserve drivers. Um, so, you know, they definitely need to find someone. And I suppose having, uh, you know, someone who kind of knows the ropes of Formula One in as a reserve slash test driver role in your team is, you know, it, it's needed. Um, I suppose they could also potentially have Mick um, being a reserve driver at Mercedes or, or somewhere else if he is not on the grid next year. Um, however, I do wonder, in, in regards to the Mercedes reserve role... If nothing's been said due to kind of their link with Williams. Now, if you kind of know that, they're not like a sister team, but Williams and Mercedes do kind of have a bit of a link. Um, Usually they're kind of, they share reserve drivers and that sort of thing. So like obviously with um, Albon, Nick DeVries, who's obviously mainly the test driver for and reserve driver for Mercedes. He stepped in for Alex Albon. Um, when Lewis Hamilton had COVID, George Russell, who was actually driving for Williams at the time, was also like reserved for Mercedes. He stepped into those shoes. So it just kind of made me wonder if they're not really saying too much about the Mercedes reserve slash test roles, just in case whoever is in that position could potentially go to Williams either for the full season or part of a season um, if Logan Sargent doesn't get the points he needs. And that would kind of explain why not an awful lot is being said and that certain drivers are kind of just saying that they most likely won't be on the grid. Then, oh, because at the end of the day, particularly, you, we already knew that Nick DeVries was going to AlphaTauri, they could just said, oh yeah, XYZ is a reserve driver, but they haven't. So I, I wonder if there's a little bit of, of that or maybe potentially nothing had been signed at the time, but um, I think it's kind of, I don't want to say obvious, but I think there is definitely potential for Daniel Ricciardo to probably be a Mercedes reserve driver. He just kind of has said that, you know, he'll kind of be involved with Formula 1 but it most likely won't be on the grid but now I'm starting to think with my little tinfoil hat on is that also because if he is a Mercedes reserve driver there's a potential that if Logan Sargent doesn't get the the tick get the super license points he needs that there is that link between Williams and Mercedes and he could kind of become kind of that placeholder for a year and have those links to Mercedes so should Lewis or George um not be able to race he could jump in in the Mercedes like George did when that all happened with Lewis and he got Covid so 
That's a bit of speculation there. Or whoever they do decide to have as their reserve slash test driver. Um, so yeah, I'm intrigued by that now. Now I've got that thought in my head, I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? Um, but anyway, that is basically it for our little rundown. Um, I've had a bit of a, a break from the podcast, but we are kind of back in full swing. Um, we've only got two races left of the season, which I cannot believe. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, what am I going to talk about? Oh, I'm going to have to find stuff to talk about. I think we'll probably get back into our history of Formula One. Um, I kind of have really thought about how I want to really get into it and kind of do like um, a slightly deeper dive. I feel like I had a, a stage where I did like a really deep dive of like, this is what happens year by year and then kind of decided that's a little bit too so plus i feel like the 80s 90s 2000 2010s there's so much more stuff to like really get our teeth into and a lot of uh, iconic names so it probably will be a bit of a deeper dive for the 80s onwards um I do have a couple of ideas of podcasts to do in between <laughs> the end of this season and start of the new season before we can do like race reviews and like testing and stuff. Um, I'm also thinking of kind of how to expand and qualifying um, sessions. Just kind of want to, you know, I feel like there's so many things you can do with it. I kind of want to expand a little bit more. Um, and just kind of see what we can do because I think different things kind of also need different types of content if that makes sense so um keep your eye out over the next coming month for some updates some changes but as ever I'm going to stop rambling thank you so much for listening to this episode of unqualifying sessions I hope you enjoyed if you did give it five stars, uh, share it to your friends, to your family, it means a lot, as this is an independent podcast, and I do it all myself, um, so anything is greatly appreciated, and until next time, have a great week, and I will speak to you in the next one, bye!